right, everybody. Well, welcome back to another episode of the Blazer Victory Podcast. John Duncan here, and of course, I'm joined as always with my co-hosts, Jimmy Marion and Darian Smith. And guys, before we start this episode, make sure that you are subscribed to our YouTube channel, Blazer Pod, if you are not already, so you can see our beautiful faces. Uh, make sure you hit the like uh, and subscribe button and comment below how you celebrated the big dub in the Super Pit over North Texas. But before we get re- get to recapping that game, this recap episode and all recap episodes of the Blazer Victory podcast are brought to you by Cahaba Brewing Company. And, you know, like we said last episode, they just celebrated their 12th anniversary. So kudos to Cahaba. Um, I love their beer, love their spot, the tap room, so much fun. If you can, if you're listening to the Blazer Victory podcast, make your way down to the tap room and tell them that you heard about them from the Blazer Victory podcast. That helps us out, and it also helps them out. Today, we are spotlighting their their best beer, the Blonde. I mean, there's there's nothing else that I, I can say that I haven't said already in previous episodes. This is the beer, the flagship for uh, Cahaba, but all of their core offerings are solid. Um, so make sure, and there might be a special version of that blonde uh, coming soon. Uh, so stay tuned on their social, but of course, make it down to the tap room or go to your local supermarket and pick up a six pack of Cahaba beer. But guys, we weren't planning on doing this episode until last minute, but UAB gets the freaking dub 82 to 79 in overtime over the North Texas Mean Green, snapping a 17 game home winning streak for North Texas. Jimmy, you know, and Darren, we were texting on the text thread last night. It was a super late tip, 8 o'clock. <laughs> we didn't go to bed until like around 11 o'clock. But my goodness, what a freaking dub. Uh, at the time, it was a quad one. I think they it might it might have slipped to a quad two. Um, but we, ex- we expect North Texas to uh, – pick it back up so it should be a quad one at the end of the season but jimmy what what are your thoughts just initial reaction from the game last night for uab's big win you know the first thing i thought about was the first live episode that we had done the three of us was when i came to your house john and then we met together and we watched the conference usa tournament and we watched the uab versus unt game where uab was able to get a win so it brought back some fond memories of that uh but you stated already the um, resume-building win this is for UAB is substantial. Whether that turns out to be a quad one or a quad two opportunity is to be determined. But really, for me, it's it's just a continuation of this streak that UAB is on currently, in which they've won, I believe, is 10 out of the last 12 games. UAB has started out conference season 6-2. and two. One thing that we had discussed on one of our earlier episodes is how important the first six game, uh, six games would be in the American athletic play uh, because we knew the rigors that were to be ahead as it relates to the next six games. And we're in that next six games right now. And we started off 2-0 and with wins against Memphis and North Texas on the road. Um, you know, for me, there's a big game upcoming against SMU followed by a big game against FAU at home, a top 25 ranked team in Bartow. And so it's just starting to really, or I should say, it's continuing to build that momentum and that enthusiasm around UAB basketball. So needless to say, it was an absolutely big win for UAB. You can't and you don't historically get those types of opportunities, whether it was 
you know, in Conference USA play. And so to be able to have that opportunity and take advantage of it for UAB was huge. Definitely. And Darian, I want to hear your initial thoughts, too. Um, To be honest, going back to the 8 o'clock tip, the way that first half started, we all were like, all right, we're just going to go to bed. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm glad we didn't. And Darian even stayed up, even though he has to get up at the crack of dawn every morning. That's right. Darian, tell these folks about this game last night. Yeah, Yeah, it's funny because I I ended up being kind of late to work because my baby, my my, my wife breastfeeds, and sometimes she puts it bed after she breastfeeds and my baby wanted to play at like two in the morning today so she 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 does this thing when she like hits me in my back like when she wanted me to get up so i'm like turning over and then you know i, I was because after the game i'm pumped up right so i don't go to sleep until like midnight mind you i wake up at like three o'clock to try to go work out right and I, after all of that, like, I, I I finally get to work at, like, 5 something, which is late for me. You know, I'm like, golly, like, whatever. But it was all of it was worth it, right? Because I had text y'all, like, hey, man, I'm going to bed. I lied. <laughs> I lied. I said, I text y'all back saying, hey, y'all, I lied. I'm still up. Hey. I, can't, I can't help it because we're a true blazer. Right. The, the green and gold run th- runs through our veins, right? So, but I was just going back. And I'm just looking at the story, the story of this UAB team, like the tough loss to Bradley. You remember in the beginning when we were figuring things out, we had the tough loss to Clemson. And then we had the good win over Maryland, and then he went there, then we hit the rough stretch of the season with that blowout loss to McNeese. We lost to freaking Southern Miss, and then we had a blowout loss to Arkansas State. That was like the lowest, lowest point um, of the season. We were looking at this team like, what are we? Like, what is this team? We didn't know. We didn't have an identity. And we, to get all the way to this point, right, North Texas won 17 straight at home. 17. They've been super tough. They are the total opposite of Memphis as far as the style of basketball. And honestly, I didn't know if we were up to that mental, the cerebral game. I didn't know if we could play that way because we haven't been challenged in that way. And when we have – we haven't fared well. It's all about discipline and execution. I felt like the most important place to start here, and I'm finna give all this guy all the credit, but Eric Gaines did not start this game. Eric Gaines had his best game as a blazer against Memphis. And then you mean to tell me part of the game plan that he's not starting your best game as a blazer? And honestly, I think it was just to put Tony Tony on Edward to try to slow down Edwards and you know he ended up cooking anyway to start the game off. He was hot. He was hotter than fish grease. Oh god, what was that? But yeah, he was hotter than <laughs> Jesus Christ. But he was he was hotter than fish grease, right? What is going on in this hospital? But yeah. You so, ain't got no plumbing issues, do you? Man, I don't know. It sounded like the wall was about to explode. I'm like, God, leave. But hey, yeah. speaking, of, speaking of plumbing though, I, I put a bidet in our toilet. Do y'all know what a bidet is? Oh, you fancy? Oh, it's like ten bucks on Amazon. Yeah. Oh, yeah, oh, cheap one. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so all, yeah. <laughs> I don't know where we go. Yeah, talk about the game. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, but so 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 Eric Gaines is told to sit and let Tony Tony do his thing defensively, right? I'm sitting here like, oh man, this is this is not going to be good. That's the first thing I'm thinking. Like, oh, like, but it's a shot. When I was looking at when I was looking at it, it's a shot of uh, on the video on the feed on ESPN feed. Eric Gaines, right before the tip, you got Coach Andy 
Kennedy got Ryan Cross, and you saw Eric Gaines right there. Totally 100%. You see him, he was into the game. This, he just had his best game as a Blazer. He was 100% like, let's do it, let's get it. I'm bought in 100%. We, I, whatever to win the game. And to me, I was like, dang, I never thought I see that from EG, right? I think he's really turned into the leader that we want him. He still ended up playing 37 minutes, probably our best defender. It's funny because I thought he was our best defender out there. Getting his hands on balls, he was moving his feet. Now, it was a couple of times on that ghost screen to where Edwards was still getting to his right hand. And I don't know what was going on. I don't know if it's part of the game plan because that last, that shot that Edwards almost got um, to go in. It looked like it was part of the game plan to have Yaks rotate over and kind of let him go right, make sure Yaks get there early and contest. And it it, it worked, worked that last because it was, it was you know, it was right there, but it worked. Um, so I don't know how much game plan versus, hey, Eric, move your feet. But he, I still think he was like our best defender out there. So, you know, stats be damned. I want to just put all that to the side and say, that's what we need. And and to me, we have never seen this version of Eric as a leader. Forget all the other stuff. Just seeing his spirit, his fight, him talking, communicating. This look like a totally different dude. Totally different dude. So I just felt like I wanted to heap my praises on him because we have challenged him over and over to become, to be that guy. We needed that guy for this team after losing Jelly and Trey. And um, honestly, guys, I think we found him. I think I think EG has arrived as a leader. I'm super proud of how he's carried and conducted himself and bought in for the success of the team. And that and that'll uh, that'll come with it'll accompany more individual success as he goes forward. So uh, good job for EG. And then I, and then and we can go into the rest of the game. Um, I'm pretty sure Jimmy, I have some stats for us. Yeah, I thought. Uh... I'm, I'm glad that we're starting with Eric because I thought that he largely played under control offensively uh, throughout the game. He did start two for six, but two of those makes were on very good shots for EG in the mid-range um, from around the free throw line. So I thought those were good looks for him. Uh, and then the remainder of the game, he took two shots. Uh, one of those he hit, right, the big shot um, in, at the beginning of overtime uh, to give UAB the three-point lead. Uh, which was obviously a great start. And then the next defensive possession, right, he had the steal, and then he had a transition opportunity. He was unable to draw the foul, but that would have been a crucial moment there uh, to get UAB at five. But I thought largely um, after a two-for-six start that he played really under control in the second half in the uh, Darian's point, uh, demonstrating that effort defensively uh, that was wreaking havoc. Um, and as you look at, you know, Eric, speaking of shot selection, you know, UAB continues to be successful when Eric is um, – you know, intentional and strategic about his shot opportunities. So, again, when he takes less than uh, 10 or fewer shots this season, UAB is not a no now on the season. So, again, kudos to Eric uh, for taking good looks and uh, playing hard as he has been recently, and to Darian's point, exhibiting a lot more energy, or I should say enthusiasm, at least outwardly, uh, that we're noticing as fans and uh, taking on more of a leadership role. John, how about how about – Butter makes the clutch shot, clutch shot, tied up. Bam, they come back down. Bam, Edwards, clutch shot. We're down two, five seconds. It was EG, John. It was EG right. with a spectacular. He made a play. It was a good play. Easy dunk for Yaks right there mm-hmm. to send it to overtime, John. That's that's what I talk that's what I'm talking about. That control. 
that yeah. leadership. He didn't force. We're so used to that figure skating and force yeah. up a shot. He made the best decision for Yaks for the team and to get us the overtime. And then the closer butter was able to close it out. But that's those are the type of plays that I, I that I'm talking about. That's just exactly what we need as a team. I love it, Darian, that you went there because I, I was going to go um, right before then, a couple minutes before, Eric was kind of visibly frustrated on the uh, court uh, because Yaks evidently was supposed to cut towards the basket, um, and he ended up having to kind of throw up a wild shot and it ended up getting stolen, um, and North Texas took it. But you, you, you see Eric and Yaks kind of communicating during the free throw or before the free throw. And you see kind of that leadership skill, um, or, or at least more than we've seen of Eric, you know, late as of late, you know, he's starting to get, get more confidence in being a leader on the court. And you, you know, that's something that Andy has uh, spoken about or been frustrated about, you know, a lot of the season is there's no communication. There's, there's lack of leadership. Nobody cares. You go back to the Memphis game and you start to see, you know, EG, like we talked uh, a few days ago, showing emotion. The guys uh, really kind of sparking the others on the team to, you know, will, will the victory. But you saw that again. That guys, they were down freaking, was it 17 in the first half? Like, they could have easily rolled up and been like, you know what, screw this. I mean, they could have done what they did in Jonesboro in Arkansas State. They got down by, what, 20? And just, well, forget it. Um, but this team is figuring it out. And you like to see that now. Hey, we're in February. We're a month till March. So you really like to see the team um, not peaking because they haven't peaked, um, but kind of getting their stride towards uh, the last, what, few weeks of the season. Yeah. When, when, go ahead, Darren. I was about to oh, – well, it seemed like you was about to lay on a good stat for us. Or what, what you got for us, man? I got a few things. I just wanted to talk a little bit about just the difference in the first and second half. I mean, that was like the alarming thing to me was when I was looking through the box scores in comparison. Uh, and as a team, uh, when you look at UAB in the first half, 26 total points, 12 of 28 from the field. Uh, you look at some of our guys, you know, JD had two points, one board. Yaks, two points, two boards. Vasquez, two points, three rebounds. EG, four points. Butta. Uh, you know, we can certainly talk about him. He did have 10 points. And, you know, just on that note, um, you know, I thought in the first half that despite um, UAB shooting woes, that UNT allowed UAB to hang into the ball game. By that, I mean UNT, there was a, a portion of it, the broadcast, I rewatched it uh, this morning. At one point, they were one for 11, UNT was, and they were, I think it was two for 14 from the field. Um, and UAB was down 12 to 21, so they're down nine. And then UNT just connected on like their, their next five shots. I think Scott started off with three. Edwards had to lay up. Um, they had a couple other connections there. And then that's when that lead blew up to 17. UAB's down 16 to 33 uh, at that point in time at the, at the end of four timeout. But how big was it that UAB was able to end the first half on a 10 to two run? How monumental was that shot by Butta? to just get the lead down, or I should say the deficit down to nine. That's back-to-back games in which, whether it was EG against Memphis or Butta against UNT, in which they were able to hit a three, to carry some semblance of like momentum and belief going into the second half and into the locker room. I thought that was huge. And then something I texted the group here at halftime was I was like, hey, this is potentially a recipe for disaster. So anybody that's listening to us that watched the game was probably sitting there at halftime and thinking the same. UAB was down nine points. UAB had attempted zero free throw attempts. 
Rebounding, UAB was minus 10 in that category, minus 8 on the offensive glass. And then points in the paint, UAB was minus 4. All those things were just going horribly wrong. And then the second half and overtime, just to see the complete flip of the script. I know we can talk about a few of these guys individually. But again, Javon Davis, after having two points in second half and overtime, he totaled 14 points, four four from the line, huge. Yaks, two points in the first half, but in second half and overtime, he had 14 points. He went eight of eight from the free throw line. Those two guys went a combined 12 of 12 from the free throw line. Freeman Biggs is huge. Uh, Vasquez, who had two points in the first half, then you know explodes, has some big moments, had a big three. He had 13 points. Um, he had three steals as well, which I thought was really good. Um, so you just look across the board and like, I thought that, um, EG and butter were relatively like calm, Butter was able to keep us in the game in the first half, I thought. And then it was a lot of the other guys that stepped up. And then you already mentioned about butter with that clutch gene closing late. So I just wanted to kind of emphasize, like to me, the first thing that really stood out was how monumentally different that first half was compared to what we witnessed in the second half in overtime. And, and Darian, too, you could speak on this. You know, you in the text thread, you were like, what are we doing offensively in the first half? You know, th- there was no rhythm. There was just, you know, Coleman shot up a wild shot. EG shot up a wild shot. We were like, what in the world is going on here? But you see what Jimmy just said, the attacking um, and getting to the free throw line and just being aggressive with JD and Yaks and the guys inside actually getting some offensive philosophy in that second half. And they had North Texas on their heels. Mm-hmm. Um, but Darren, you could speak more towards that. Yeah, it's a it was um it was force. We played with the requisite force in the beginning. The text thread, one of the things I said, hey man, we need to get butt out for a second, right? It's because it was two three offensive rebounds that where he specifically got moved out the way. Like you could it was clearly you can just see him get moved. But that that was represented with our free throw attempts as well. We were not being physical enough on the offensive end. We were offense is attack. We're supposed to attack the guys that we used as physical forces that you just named out. You named out Javian Davis. You named out Yaks, and you named out Vasquez. Mm-hmm. Vasquez is our best finisher at the rim. He's the best at finishing through contact as a guard. Horrible first half. JD, I was asking y'all. I was like, man, we we would usually have post-ups as a as a point to kind of settle down, right? Like, it's a, a something that we can start with to get the offense going. Non-existent. Yax, I questioned y'all. Mm-hmm. I said it last time. Can Yax bring that same energy he has at Bartow? Is he able to bring it on the road? If y'all can remember when we on the road at FAU and Charlotte, all these different places, it was not. It was non-existent, right? But when he's at Bartow, the dude is is freaking Anthony Davis, you know. <laughs> and um, it was great to see. And I was like, man, I thought I was like, man, Yak still haven't hasn't figured out how to bring that same passion on the road. Well, in that second half, John, I still remember a text you because I was already thinking about it. And you text you said Yak started talking that smack and he bagged it up. Mm-hmm. He found it. It was somewhere along that second half where he found that game was such a learning lesson for so many so many guys on our roster, you know. Um, we can take, for example, we, we talk about identity of the team. We talk about how you need to play this way or that way, right? 
one thing that I've learned about this team is that we're shapeshifters. That is our identity. We can play different styles, whether that's butter coming off pin screens and hitting hitting some organized setup jumpers, whether that's us getting steals and getting out in transition. We can take on different styles. We we we've seen football teams go from the Kansas City Chiefs are the perfect example of this. We've seen them win defensive. They just won 17-10. Taylor Swift. (laughs) We're showing Taylor Swift like 35 times, right? That's the only constant that they have. That is their identity. But then then you've seen Patty Mahomes go crazy for 400 yards and four touchdowns. They win in so many different ways. It's hard to beat a team that can win in a technical fight. I talked about the boxing a lot. I said, hey, what's been coming? They were like Tyson. They were, they were, they were, Memphis were like haymaker. They trying to knock you out and they want you to give up. If you come back at Memphis with force, they're like, oh shoot, like, ah, you're not supposed to punch us back. Like, that's not how it go. Well, North Texas don't care about a lot of that. North Texas, they're going to jab. They're going to, they're going to box out. That's a jab. They're going to be at the right spots. They're going to set screens, jab, jab, jab. They're going to wait on you to try to take a haymaker. They're going to duck straight to the face boom they're gonna stun you edwards three right they're gonna kind of just work you down work you down it's kind of like and i didn't know if we could match that the second half we matched that i'm so proud of this team it was so it was so gritty not only did we match it my fault we surpassed that in that moment we passed that test that is so major so now they can log that back into their psyche like oh we did that at the super pit after beating memphis so now we got SMU coming up. What style do we got to take on? Is it going to be um, Daniel Ortiz coming off the bench again with his defense? He's, we so used to shooting. Is it his defense and his competitiveness? Is, is it Christian Coleman running all over with his energy? You know, will it be Barry Dunn and getting in the game this time? You know, we, we, we never know, but we got so many different ways to win. I'm so proud of this team. AK showing Penny. AK showing Penny how to improve over the year. Like it is a coaching clinic. Good job to the staff, man. Hey, I don't I don't know what y'all thought about Tom Crean on the broadcast, but he was like, first of all, he was like brutally like honest. Like I appreciate like his transparency as it relates to, you know, what was what was transpiring. But also he was kind of I was sitting there and he kept saying things like, Hey, UNT is is winning this game, but UAB is controlling it. And I was like, I mean, he was, like, noticing a little bit about the way that UAB was, like, to to, to piggyback off what Darren was saying, like, because he was calling it as it was, right? Initially, he was like, hey, they're applying no pressure on this in this zone and, you know, bad shot. And I'm, like, sitting there and thinking, I'm like, yeah, yeah. But then he just, like, slowly, as UAB started to, like, play with increased effort, like, I just thought that was really cool because I'm sitting there and I'm like, is he on to something? And it was really cool to see in that second half, like, that come to fruition and it was a long like journey there in the second half of course the eight o'clock tip was going to be like an overtime like just long drawn out uh basketball game but i don't know guys it's never easy we never feel comfortable but Mm -hmm. we got it done yes i I was talking with uh, my buddy rob today like why does uab north texas always come down to like overtime down to the wire like hey respect north texas you know i know we like to talk a lot about you know north texas but we we respect them we don't respect yeah. memphis i mean they hey hey rice 
Rice took him down, man. So hey, you know you talk you, you talk about you talk about the announcer. Uh, hey, he might be replacing uh Penny Hardaway soon down there in Memphis. <laughs> hey, hey, I, I was all on Memphis's spaces like listening. Oh my, it is the funniest thing. Oh, yeah. It is the funniest thing that that, that Will guy on Twitter. The oh. Memphis, I was on his space and they was like got, kind of doing a play by play at the end of the game and they was like. <laughs> <laughs> I recommend any and everybody to go. The, the dudes, they are idiots, but they're funny, though. They're funny. I yep. give them that. So, but uh, yeah, Memphis lost. They suck. Um, you know, but hey, non conference schedule. That's the, that's the real season. So, you know, losing the rights at home is just, you know, non conference schedule. But yeah, but back to the back to us. Like, it's so funny, like, seeing the banter between like Jelly and North mm-hmm. Texas. And, but even he said, like, it ain't nothing but respect. Like, right. But, for North Texas, at the uh, the CUSAAC, CUSAAC, yeah, bullies. We're, we're we run. We are running the dude. This is our league. I thought we were supposed to weigh the division down. We were supposed to weigh it down, right? But here we are. We carrying everything, you know. But uh, let me stop talking noise, man, because I respect <laughs> I respect Tulane, you know. I oh, respect yeah. some of the USL fans, like they're they're you know cause some some of them are kind of. <laughs> You know, uh, yeah. but uh, I look forward to playing SMU. I know that's going to be a big game we got coming up, and then we got, and then we have FAU at home, man. If we if we can complete this stretch, Whew. hey, we back. It's we huge. back. It yeah. would be huge. It and, would be really, really huge. And you know, you speak it. You you, you talk about the SMU game, Darren. You know that is Sunday night at five o'clock on ESPN two. So another uh, another national uh, tele, televised opportunity for UAB uh, to get great exposure. Um, SMU is actually playing Tulane tonight. I, th- I believe mm-hmm. also on uh, ESPN two. So we're, we'll hopefully check it out. I know our listeners are going to check it out. Um, get a little early scouting uh, for UAB in this. Uh, game coming up Sunday, but yeah, SMU Sunday, and then next Thursday at home, more than likely going to be a ranked FAU team coming into Bartow. So, uh, I know your plans now. Like, yes. there's such a big push for Memphis, you know, on the radio show, coaches show this week, you know, AK said it himself that he believes there should be 6,000 to 6,500 fans in Bartow Arena. That's his expectation. Coach speaks it, and like, let's make it happen. 10 out of 12 games, up near the top end of the standings, if, especially if UAB can come out victorious against SMU, who's ranked even higher when you look at metrics like Ken Palm than North Texas, a team that has bought their way into a power conference starting next season. Like This is like a really good opportunity on national television to continue that streak. And despite some of those early losses that we talked about in non-con against Sunbelt opponents, Arkansas State, Southern Miss, and McNeese State, who's, I don't even know when they're ever going to lose a game again. Like, they're actually pretty good. Um, this team has turned it around. So, I mean, they're deserving of our support. I know it's late, late as anything, late as all get out. And hopefully that won't be an overtime game. But if, if people can make it out, start having that conversation with your friends now. Start making the posts on social media. Hey, yes. James Spann, you know, Woodfin, let's get those links out. Like, let's go. Let's try to get. What, ti- uh, what, what time Thursday again? 8 o'clock. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah, no. Hey, hey! Sometimes, sometimes you got to make sacrifices, baby. That's you right, know. babe. Yeah. If they, if, listen, if they're giving us this effort, if they're giving us this, we have to give back. Like we need this crowd. This is a better team than Memphis. They are better than Memphis. They are ranked. They already beat our butt before. 
You, we got to get them back. This is big for us. We have to just, hey, y'all, the the kids will be okay. They they get to go to sleep late. You know, matter of fact, they don't have to. It's fr- it'll be Friday the next day anyway. Like we can come on, y'all. Let's 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 give something back to this team that's put so much energy and effort into turning it around for the for us. Now Aaron, we have how about this. You could just stay at Bartow. I'm sure that you could just stay overnight. AK will let you use the workout facility. Yeah, hey. right there at work. Just go straight back to work. Right. <laughs> keep giving us, keep giving us this effort, and we're gonna give it back. We're gonna yes. give it back. So, watch us go out and do our thing against SMU, and then we, you have to make the plans. We gotta do what we gotta do to pour into this team. That's that's right. what it takes. So let's 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 do whatever I do. Whatever I gotta do with the kids. Hey, baby. You know, either you go stay at home with them or I'm I'm gonna be gone. I'm out. All of our like, wives are mad next Thursday night. Hey, clip uh, clip this. Clip this yeah. and put it on social media. <laughs> Please, somebody, somebody. Hey, I'm gonna go ahead and start. So so fellas, talk to your wives. Go ahead and get it set up. Hey, if if the wife, hey, ma'am, I'm sorry. If you are the UAB fan, talk to your husband. Hey, hey, stay at home, dad. You're gonna have to watch the kids, right? Baby, you know, it doesn't matter, but we have to be here. Let's get around some students. Get ready. We need that same energy. Students, y'all carried us against Memphis. Carry us against FAU. We here, baby. Let's go. Blazer Spirit is back. This is going to carry all the way into football season. Let's get it, baby. Let's go, baby. Let's Let's go. go. Woo! Yeah, we fired up. All right, I know we need to wrap. Uh, so, hey, shout out to Cahaba for sponsoring the game recap. Drink Cahaba beer. Uh, shout out our Patreon, patreon.com slash blazerpod. More stuff to come there soon. $5 a month just gives you exclusive access to all exclusive content on the Patreon. But, Darren, go ahead and send us out until next time. Blazer Nation. Just blaze, baby. Let's get it.